<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Desiring Brethren podcast. <laughs> so good to have you back for another wonderful episode. I hope that your week went well since you last heard from us today with us one more time. And maybe for future times upon it. Who knows? Who knows? We have our guest. Yes. Who are you? I'm Brandon Buttery. Again. Again. That's really good. And then a (laughs) a special unpredicted treat that came with us to Dave's basement. (laughs) I think we should always have an unpredicted guest. Is this our new thing? (laughs) We're kind of just becoming like a drop-in podcast. (laughs) Drop-in podcast? (laughs) That's nice. I was invited. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Let us know who you are. I'm Tom McPherson. The to Tom McPherson. We, we, did a we folk, talked you up. We did an episode on... Legendary <laughs> Tom McPherson. The myth the is myth, true. The man. <laughs> yeah, I need to break some of those. <laughs> break those down. Tom, when you were like in grade 12 and then right before you went to Carmel and Tanner and I and Brandon were in grade 11 entering grade 12, you were a legend. Was it because of the music or because of the story? It stories? was the music. It was the who passion, you are. Tom. Yeah, it, it was, was like. Yeah, passion. it was the passion. Mm. It was always the passion. It was just because I was a year old. <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with the topic we're going to talk about, but my earliest memory of Tom was youth group retreat. I'm in grade six, he's in grade seven. We pull up late at night at Bethel Bible Camp on the bus. Mm. The doors open, and Tom bursts out there. And he rushes into the woods, and you just hear him like "frag out." <laughs> and he's like, he's just, he's just living in his own dream. Like he, you hear him chomping through the bush, just being like, "Oh, they're behind us!" Ah! <laughs> and I was like, "This guy is awesome." <laughs> Better days. <laughs> I, I had a worse first impression with, with oh. Tom. Yes, Tom's tell the story. <laughs> yeah, See, this is good. This will break down some of that fairy tale. How horrible I actually am. <laughs> When we were at camp, there was, like, Bible bucks for, like, being oh, yeah, good or yeah. something. And then you could exchange them for candy. It was like a whole market. You know, you got this oh, fake yeah. money. Mm-hmm. And Tom's a year older, right? So he comes to me and he's like, hey, kid. You know, I imagine him with, like, a smoke in his mouth. But that's my imagination. Hats on backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, man. You don't want someone stealing your money, so I've got a really safe place in a tree that only I know, and I'll store your money. (laughs) And so I was like, sweet. (laughs) And then later he's like, I don't know, someone stole it from the tree. (laughs) 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 He stole my money. My Bible box. That's even worse than just Bible box as a concept. <laughs> I know. That's horrible. That's fantastic. It's all true. <laughs> I swear. I'm just a horrible person, but I it did get stolen. <laughs> but yeah, I hear that story maybe every year or two. <laughs> I love that. That's a great one. Awesome. Well, now that we've explored Tom's past. Which was a treat. (laughs) Frag out. (laughs) This episode, we're going to take a different, not different, but I think it's exciting. I'm excited about this one. We've had Brandon on for our previous violence episode, Mm -hmm. which he crushed Dave on. Allegedly. Without a gun. Um, (laughs) To balance it out, do any of you have stories of Brandon? Oh, no. A lot. Oh, ooh, wait. First, <laughs> I was thinking about this at work. I think for you guys who run the podcast, you three, mm. if we were to create like a, a Venn diagram of your guys' life, 
I might be perfectly in the middle. I might be that, like, the small little segment. The concentric element. Yeah. We've no, always yeah, needed. Totally. How so? Ex- explain that concept. Explain the Venn diagram. I feel like... Okay, I also have another, like, off-putting analogy of... Uh, yes. I think in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol? Christmas Carol? Oh A Christmas Carol. There's the ghosts of uh, past, future, and present... And I think Dave disturbing. is the ghost of my past. Tanner <laughs> was also my past. <laughs> <laughs> and Jackson is my future. Oh, <laughs> I hope that helps explain the Venn diagram. Your analogies are awesome. Oh, man. I, That's cool. You got a lot of time to work in the day. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. I think it got, actually, all my clear thoughts got lost from now to then, so... We'll just keep going, actually. That was really good. I'm okay. Brandon is legit because, okay, mm. I'm stuck on this podcast week after week with students. Like, mm. guys, like, I got a history degree. You know? <laughs> well, I have theology degree, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, Bible Remember school, you call me Pastor Jack. Pastor That's... Jack. Brandon is another tradesman. Yeah. Student Blue of collar. life. Student of life. Yeah, yeah. man. And it's just, know. that's where it's at. At any rate, Brandon's been a longtime friend of ours whom we've continue to have in our lives and he's had some different experiences which have taken down him a different direction in life which i think we all think is pretty unique and interesting one the, the which i'd like to talk about specifically is how you're not presently i'd use that <laughs> word a little bit tongue-in-cheekly presently yeah, seriously <laughs> a, a part presently a part of a church community yeah. in the ways that you have been in the past right yeah totally there's a big shift that kind of happened so to set the stage brennan right if you're willing which you are mm. because you're here. Yeah. <laughs> we have you now. <laughs> yeah. Don't turn it back. Give us a glimpse of your faith journey and some things which led you to deciding that being a part of a church wasn't for you. Right. Um, so I guess I grew up like quite a bit like you guys. Very similar. I think if environments we copy paste any of our childhoods pretty, pretty easily. Mm. I kind of grew up at your house, Brandon, so like very <laughs> similar. Very, very similar. Uh-huh. Yeah, but grew up with like extremely loving, mm. wonderful parents that uh, are also like incredibly Christian. And uh, mm-hmm. that was like impressed upon me through all my years growing up. And the most major part of my life was a part of the church. Mm going to Sunday, uh, Sunday school early on and then becoming like a member of the church, I guess. And there's my mom catered so many things I would help. Yeah. We would like my best friends all came out of the church. We had youth group, just the the list goes on, but I never really had a faith that was my own Hmm. because of, I guess because of that, or maybe because of other circumstances, I kind of like had an, existential crisis at the age of like 17 18 so it, like that happens to a lot of people i'm mm. not alone in that but i oh, yeah. didn't i think i can truthfully say i didn't really make it through that and i'm still working through that eight years later which is actually crazy that that's <laughs> how long ago that was but that's sick yeah i got to a point where my like my parents faith and my uh my peers faith wasn't enough mm. to like keep my faith alive because i just never had like i didn't have a tangible one i didn't like i never had the god experience that like pushed me to 
like believe and so that like that brought me into like some darker days of uh mm. the existential dread that comes along with existential crisis obviously and just like i was still attending church into my late teens and early 20s because i i still loved all these people so mm. much i didn't like, know it was that long yeah like, oh wow I got to a point where I was I was just going for my friends, just going for the people, and couldn't I couldn't justify going any longer because it was so hard to keep up appearances. Mm. It's such that's such a hard environment to be in when you're like struggling like that. Because like of course when you're when you're in a church body, it's totally like it's okay to you know have doubts sometimes about God and like have doubts about the Trinity and like mm. all these like little theological yeah. matters. But like, I don't think people know how to deal with like complete doubt mm. in the existence of God. And I, and to like keep moving wholeheartedly. Yeah. Within a community that values that. So yeah, much. totally. And just like the feeling of people worrying about you. Mm. And I don't know. It's hard. It was just, it was hard. It got too hard. Mm. And then I stopped going. And yeah. Mm. yeah. So that's perfect. Can we yeah. ask questions? Yeah, for sure. Please. So, Brandon, this existential crisis, you said late teens. Are you talking, like, is there a moment for you? Like, that interests me because you, after high school, went to Mount Carmel Bible School with Jackson and I. Yeah. uh, And Dave, sorry. (laughs) Jackson and Dave and I. (laughs) And Tom went the year before. Yeah. So, did you go into Carmel thinking, oh, this is where I'll figure out my my crisis mm. or did it happen during Carmel? I think it's a little column A, a little column B, mm. but it, it was for sure before one big moment was with you and Dave in Belize on a missions trip. <laughs> yeah. that one. Oh, and, Tom. and Tom, sorry. Tom. Nice. Um, it just painful. like, yeah. And I think you guys, you, you referenced a bunch in another podcast, so we don't really need to rehash some of like the problematic elements of uh that mission trip or short term mission trip whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah that like i just i felt nothing then mm-hmm. and i'd felt nothing for a long time i'd always felt nothing in regards to spirituality that was weighing on me up until i went to mount carmel and then i think i was probably uh optimistic that that would be a quick fix like mm-hmm. oh i'll just get out into like oh faith will meet life I'll get out into the real world. Just like the slogan I, says, right? I don't want to use that tongue-in-cheek, actually. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Wayne. Um, <laughs> no, we overwhelmingly, like, admonish yeah, true, Carmel, true. so we need to bring it down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, yeah, it was, like, it was super eye-opening to do a lot of those things. Like, go to Vancouver, serve there, and serve mm. up north. Yeah. But ultimately, I don't think I got out of it what other people got out of it, or maybe what... The purpose was can i jump in again yeah brandon i just I, I i've always found it fascinating in the last couple of years just as we have talked less yeah just realizing how much our stories parallel each other and like are still <laughs> happening i find right. it really fascinating because i had a series of like you know i mean i still have never experienced god in any i don't know way that you would define as that Um, or a normal person would, but Belize was huge for me in exactly the same way. Right. Like it probably not like that. It crumbled everything, but it was like the first major shot of like, 
the start of an existential crisis that is still going on to till today. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. is not over. And, and it wasn't Belize the, the questions about short term missions. It was like, it was sort of like that ask the Lord day for me where yeah. you were supposed to Tom, you explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you guys have explained this in another podcast, but um, we got asked to just pray, um, pray to God and ask him, to tell us what to do for the whole day right um and like we had access to like a vehicle right and there was a group of like eight of us or something yeah 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 and yeah they were they just sort of set us free for the whole day and said find out what god's will is it was like pretty specifically like have a vision yeah like pray for a vision (laughs) and something and like pursue that which was out of all of our experience i mean like we were all newbies it wasn't like aha we got this Mm -hmm. and like that that went well in haiti when i let it trip like it was actually pretty impactful but it was awful (laughs) and it so compounded this thing in me that like i have never experienced god into like this massive moment of like this is garbage like what is going on and uh, I remember, Tom, on that trip, you you declared that you had leveled up in prayer. <laughs> no, it was level up in worship. <laughs> oh, right. You leveled up in worship. That's right. But, like, yeah, that trip stunk. And, I mean, it, it, it's continued since then, that those kind of – that ex- existential questions. So it's just really fascinating, Brandon, that, mm-hmm. uh, to learn about this now because I just – neither of us talked really deeply about that stuff. Yeah, back totally. Then. Yeah. So you guys would say like Belize was like a net negative experience? Is that like For sure. For faith. Well, but stuff. like maybe necessary. I don't know. Like Oh, right. Would it have happened in some other way? Yes, I'm sure. Like I'm not like resentful. I just that that's where the negative stuff happened. Yeah, it didn't make me feel good in any way. Interesting. See, <laughs> no, like I had I had the opposite reaction. Like um Belize was what made me decide to go to Mount Carmel. I remember that. Which was two weeks before Mount Carmel started. <laughs> uh, when we got the back lore to of Canada. <laughs> and so I, I think I called up Wayne, called up the office and said, can I come to Carmel? And I was the 12th student. <laughs> and they're like, yes. Yes, yes you can. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think he said, can you come for an interview tomorrow? <laughs> I said, yeah. So I think, I think the, the Belize experience was... Um, yeah, very difficult. Sort of witnessing a very different way to express your faith and your belief in God. And uh, for me, that really challenged me um, to go to Carmel and try to figure out, okay, what does this actually mean for me? <laughs> These people are very strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, d- to, to go on a few things that I, we've been mentioning, because Belize comes from your youth group experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So I'm wondering, Brandon, as someone that has a different view now, like a unique perspective that you're not in the church anymore, you can mm. kind of have taken a step back. Yeah. What do you think of youth group? Like, <laughs> is it a good idea or is it just a bunch of weird things that like when you, if you were to walk into a room and see people eating bananas through nylon socks. Yeah, no. Okay, I'm not okay. You just, <laughs> I think you just nailed it on the head of like, <laughs> that is quintessential yeah. youth group, like weirdness. It's, it's, it's not normal. Mm. Not to say it's bad at all, but it's not normal. And I think it's not normal, like for a reason. <laughs> Because, sure. like, a lot of things kids are doing that in their teen days are bad, mm-hmm. antisocial things. Right. Yeah, I mean, I- I'm with you. It's not normal, but I would say, like, 
I think people who didn't grow up as Christians like like it once they like do it once or twice. They're like, this is awesome. Yeah, it's not normal, but it's like totally. You get to goof off like every mm. Friday night, and like if you like go to high school parties, mm. you're like way too self conscious to do anything, and you just oh, end up yeah. like drinking a bunch and being right. so dumb and reckless. Right. It's just like it's this nice safe environment to actually like be whoever you want to be. Mm. Was, as long as you're still nice <laughs> as acting as a in a Christian way. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, no. I. Do you think that you would send your kids to youth group? Does that mean that I'm attending a church? No, that means that, like, when I look at youth group, I'm like, if I could have any place that my kid would oh, be on right. a Friday night, I'm like, yep, youth group is an okay place to be. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. totally. So I, there is value in it. Like, it's a weird thing. Yeah. But it has some value. Totally. And I think... I don't know much about other youth groups, but I know ours was like good and we had really caring leaders mm. and like good people in it. But maybe mm. there's like, like youth groups can be bad experiences. I don't know. Yeah. I think we had a really good experience. We did. I mean, like sure. shout out to Jason was the best. Mm. And just like knowing the youth group world a bit better now. Yeah. Like, boy, we like missed the, out on a lot of things. And the OG, uh, John Garnett. Oh, yeah, okay. got to shout out him. That's sweet. What, uh, Tommy mentioned how you leveled up in worship from being in belief. <laughs> and we often equate worship with music within our church circles. So, um, this is my wonderful transition to ask nice. Brandon, what do you think <laughs> about this? What do you think about the singing wow. portion of churches? Like, did it change or are you like, it was always weird or just, I never liked it at yeah. all ever. And that's my like. Even Candid. you're an artist, Brandon. You don't like to admit it, but you are. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, isn't there something in you that's just like, there's at least live music? No. Because <laughs> bad live music is worse than silence. <laughs> you think it's bad live music? Hey? I do. I, yeah. Huh. I wish oh, I was man, on for me the... and Brandon agree. <laughs> no way. I was that's playing tough. drums last Sunday, Tom. You watched me. I, I, yeah, this I is played get... bass two weeks ago. <laughs> Hopefully this doesn't get too personal. But no, I'd like fun. to uh, quote... My very good pal, Colin Fauché, in saying <laughs> verbatim, all worship music is just really bad U2. Whoa. Which I was like, I was like, oh, that's funny. And then I thought about it. I was like, wow. That's saying something about U2, though, right? No, U2's good. It's just like. But then you're in Belfast. Yes. And there's a particular band playing. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, this is Coldplay. Oh, what? yo. Yeah. Coldplay, <laughs> and they're closing. You. And they're closing. And you know what they're closing with. Oh, I know. And guess what they're, you're doing? They're doing. What am I doing? You're singing. I'm singing. You're singing and you're crying with them. <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. I pro- oh, yeah. I am. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Music speaks just, to you. We just got to find you the right music to sing to. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Is it is it fair to say that... This might sound rude. I'm going to say it anyways. Good. That worship music is dumbed down so a bunch of people can sing along to it. <laughs> like, you're not going to have worship rap. Hmm. And you're not going to have, like, worship Bohemian rap city Because mm-hmm. nobody can hit those notes. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's meant for people to sing along It's meant to, to be it. corporate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when there's a new song that we want to introduce, like, it goes through our criteria of, like, like, the leader's criteria of, like, 
this might be hard for them to sing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just hits a range that most people can't achieve. It's either I love a... when Wes and Sheldon yeah. sing because they just sing the way that they can sing. <laughs> Anyways, they're like the altos. They don't care that people out there can't do it. And I'm like, yes. That's but you can also done. sing, Dave. So. Right. Tom, chime in on that because I know you have thoughts on this. Get them out. Mm. Well, I really like what what Brandon admitted to was that uh, there is music that makes him feel something outside the realm of normal, and I think that's something really interesting. Is is the power of music? The power of music has over sort of mm. our souls, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just something otherworldly. It's it's incredible, and uh, and. Brandon saying him not connecting with worship music is what I think a lot of people experience at the church is we don't connect with this style of music because it's a genre. It it's totally is. Yeah. One type of music and we might yeah. we might connect with other types of music but it's really hard to connect with some of these songs that we've sung for 8 years and we continue <laughs> yeah, to since sing since like the 70s. And <laughs> this is not authentic. It's 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 really tough. And and the same thing goes to when I go to a big church like Weka, which I went to recently. My my mom goes there. What is that? And Isn't did that you just witchcraft? say it? No, 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 West Edmonton Christian Assembly. We need a new very large very large church, like you know, four or five sessions every like Sunday and Saturday. Um and they have like you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment and worship leaders that Never are paid mind. That's or whatever. not brethren. That's not brethren. And, um, <laughs> abort. Abort. And I get the same feeling in that that environment that I get mm. sometimes at Capilano, which is this does not feel like authentic worship. It feels and, – and it's sort of – it's maybe the opposite ends of the spectrum, but it's very – you know, I don't feel anything when I attend those kinds of sessions or, you know, worship. Mm-hmm. I hear you saying, Tom, just like you believe music is one of the transcendent points we have as humans that like, and I totally believe that like it's the ghost in the machine. Like Mm. music is one of those things that just kind of taps at our closed world. Right. Mm. But when it's not done authentically, you feel like, why are we doing it sort of thing? Yeah. Then it's just like a religious activity or something, you know? And and I think, for those interested, Jordan B. Peterson actually talks about music and its transcendent quality, and I think it's like a really interesting listen huh. if you Google or YouTube it. Mm. Cool. This this next question, Brandon and I have had. I live with Brandon; he's my roommate. Mm. Yeah. I'm his roommate. Right. That's how it goes. Yeah. I'm sure. his favorite roommate. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways. Um, we so we ha- get to have a lot of good conversations, and, and this podcast is kind of an extension of it. From this yeah, is like totally. from mine and Brandon's room to or living room to Dave's basement is how it goes. Mm-hmm. We t- like this doesn't really have to do with present like church community and related to how you see it differently. But recently, you said like you you've been reading um, some of the gospel accounts just like kind of mm-hmm. briefly, and so that interests me. What do you think of Jesus now? Is it similar or different from when you were part of the church? I think it's like very different. <laughs> I recently I had coffee with a friend of mine who's like an amazing guy and like I don't know what I do without him. We just like we get mm. to a lot of good issues that make us think and it's mm. great. But uh he's in a very similar place to, to where I am and we both came to this like 
we just came to the topic of Jesus and we were talking about him and it was like, hmm. at some point we were both just like, he's awesome. Hmm. He's so like, he's great. I really like him. And like all this like weird stuff that when you like kind of exit the church and you're just so spent on church and like hmm. theology and all this stuff, you try not yeah. to think about all that to come back years later and just be like, hmm. Oh wait, like Jesus is so cool. I like him a lot and not in like a, I love him so much. He died for all my sins. Mm-hmm. He like, he's the reason I'm living. Just like, I think he led a perfect example of how mm-hmm. I would like to live a life. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of just like threw me for a huge loop on my thinking. Cause I was, I hadn't really thought about it up at all. And it opened up this like door to read the new Testament again, or like the gospels, especially mm-hmm you know, like a super fresh way mm. of like, I felt like I explained it to you really well before. <laughs> I think I used a star Wars analogy. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, oh, yeah man, another that. analogy. Um, ready, ready. Yeah. <laughs> to build on my previous analogies, I was thinking about it in like a similar way to how, like we grew up in post star Wars craze of like every little kid knew about star Wars we just knew, we like kind of knew the plot line before we even knew yeah. or had seen them. And yeah. so like, I was thinking about how like people in the theaters in 79. Late 70s and 80. 77, 80, 83. <laughs> so the second one, 80. In 1980, where some cool lightsaber battles are happening or uh-huh. something. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden. That violence. <laughs> <laughs> it's revealed that like. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Like it never dawned on me that that is like the craziest plot twist. That's so sweet. <laughs> like you yeah. just kind of grow up with it and it's just like, Oh yeah, that's what, how it is. Like those people in the theater then were just like, boom. It's a, totally like, do it's, you, do you know that Anna page didn't watch the star Wars until like just a year or two ago? And she didn't know that. Really? Whoa. See, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> And it, it probably blew her mind. Yeah. yeah. And so to get back to, um, I kind of, in a weird way, I view like me coming back to reading the gospels in like undoing watching Star Wars. Mm. And now I'm like watching Star Wars for the first time, but it's obviously the Bible. And I'm like, just like blown away by a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that was just so ingrained into you before. And you couldn't. You didn't even have the capacity to like be excited, mm. or at least in my experience. Yeah. Anyways, that was really long winded, and I'm sorry. No, that's a solid analogy. Then okay, yeah. two for two. I like that. <laughs> so, what pieces of church community have stayed in your life? You still have like like us, many friends who are part of a church, but mm-hmm. are there things remaining or things you may miss from not being fully a part of one? I am actually like still super blessed to have like a ton of my friends from the past Mm. and have made new friends that are like are in churches and have like like caleb is he's gold he's um, yeah he's amazing gold and other like that but i think a very valuable part of like church circles is the opportunity to like just think and talk deeper Mm. very often and i think a lot of like you guys like bring that out in me where like that's all i want to do when i'm like connecting with people and i'm also like in the same breath i'm like very blessed to have 
secular friends mm-hmm. that do care like Good. quite a bit about Good. a deeper conversation. Good. And so like, I guess that's just a plus on both sides. So hmm. I don't know if this is a podcast question. We can like most of my things, you can cut them. Um, <laughs> and I do. <laughs> but it, and I do. Uh, it sticks it in post. I'm interested in what your thoughts are on, you know, that Christian, I don't like John Wick. Sorry, Dave. You you know, <laughs> you know how big a deal evangelism is in Christian circles. Mm-hmm. You know that pretty much most Christians that come in contact with you will be praying for you yeah, to come yeah. back to yeah. Christ and be hmm. work like be actively trying to convert you. Yep. Yeah. You know that they're actively trying to convert all the youth they come across at camps at youth. Mm-hmm. What what do you think about that? I think that that used to bug me like a lot. I was in university for one year, believe it or not, before I obviously came back. To, saw the light. Saw the light. <laughs> blue, <laughs> the blue colored light shone down on me. And uh, but I was in a class, and this like pretty friendly guy sat beside me at the start of the year, and we like struck up conversations over a couple weeks, and like I guess we became kind of friends. And then he tried to, like, get me to an alpha course. Mm. Beware the friendly guys. (laughs) (laughs) But that was, like, it's not that I, like, fault him for doing that, but it was just such a weird experience. And I even had, like, explained to him. I was like, well, I was, like, raised in the church. And at that point, I was still going to church. Mm. But, yeah, I think now I just, like, I don't, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. It's, like, it's other people's, (laughs) I think it helps them. And it if it's not helping me, it's like good that it's helping them. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, it was nice. It's good to hear about all that stuff. It's nice for us. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks again, Brandon. Uh, is there listener mail? We have a live listener mail. He's sitting beside you. Listener mail. Listener mail. Gonna have a listen to some listener mail. Oh, reveal. Tom was listener mail the whole time. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tanner, do you want to give the gist of it, of this uh, okay. set the context? Yeah. No, Tom uh, Tom is here pretty much, like, really randomly because he was like, I've got thoughts on politics in your episode. Mm-hmm. And, like, Tom, Tom's hardcore Bernie Sanders and, like, whatever. So Feel the burn. But then it was like, oh, and then we just talked about Tom as, like, a folk hero. So, Tom, <laughs> if you want to clarify anything about do you regret dating the Carvel? How was that? Or if you just want to rant about politics, now's your moment. Dealer's choice. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just here promoting my latest single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frig. <laughs> you screwed us. <laughs> but go ahead. We want to listen to this. So, uh, what you got to do, listeners? <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm not just kidding. But anyways, okay, uh, sorry, dating in, dating in Bible school is the actual question. So dating is like walking on hot, hot sand. And I wanted to use lava because that's – but lava would, you know, kill you. Sand is just really painful. This is what you, this is what dating you said? Dating is painful. Dating is – I would not wish it on anyone. <laughs> okay. okay. This okay. is – no, this is me – in retrospective, I've been married five years. I would not wish dating on anyone. <laughs> on any man. Maybe it's different for girls. What? 
<laughs> As a Christian, dating, I would wish it to be the shortest time you spend with that person for your life. Hmm. So before you date, you spend time, you become friends, you start thinking, oh, this person's awesome. This person makes me feel something I haven't felt with someone else. And then you enter into this weird world of dating, which is like, okay, so like we can like hold hands. <laughs> like we'll start experimenting with kissing. Okay, maybe this is too far. <laughs> this is tormenting me. My soul can't handle this. My mind can't handle this. So dating isn't dating. This thing you're talking about is an approach to sex. No, that's not what it is. But as you become closer emotionally, spiritually, there's something else that Christians, you're not supposed to mess around with. And this is the walking on hot sand analogy. Come back to it. If you stay in that dating for too long, you're going to burn the hell out of your foot. <laughs> yes. Yo. Amen. You're going to feel it for the rest the of your life. Five for five, hey. Five for five analogies. For the rest of your marriage, it's going to hurt. It's going to be there. And I'm just, I'm just like, I'm an advocate for arranged marriage. It'll never work. But, <laughs> but honestly, honestly, listen. <laughs> I I dated for uh, two years, I think. It was like two years from when we started dating to end, and it was twice as long as it should have been. <laughs> but culturally, I'm not allowed to get married when I'm 19. Socially, it's – my father-in-law would be like, get out of here. No, you're not going to marry my 19 or 18-year-old daughter. But listen, I'm a man now. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> when I was 20, I was like, listen, I've been working. I've made enough money to buy her a ring. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. That's all you need. And there December it is. 25th, Three months salary. <laughs> at 8 o'clock in the morning, I knocked on his bedroom door and said, I want to marry your daughter. And, and thank God, literally, thank God. <laughs> He said, is that what she wants? And I emphatically said, yes, she wants to marry me. And he said, okay, you can marry her. And, I, and, and listen, marriage is one, if not the greatest thing. Preach, Tom. The greatest thing a man can do in his life. And, and three of us are married, so three of us understand it on this podcast. Oh my but gosh. listen, Adam was in the garden. He was alone. What did God do? He made yes, him stop. a woman. And my wife is the greatest person in my life. But dating and everything before marriage killed me. And I don't wish that on anyone. I love this. <laughs> so, what is going on? Can you see how if you're 17, this content from Tom was the same intensity? This is too pure of Maybe cocaine this for 17 Man. You OD on this stuff. This insane. So when you talk about me as a real romantic, I think, is what she said last week. Or a I guess true, a couple weeks ago. When romantic. you did the episode. Okay. 
I am very much in love with this girl. Oh. And listen, for me, <laughs> my expression of my love, it's not a, a card. It's not buying her roses. It's me sitting down and laboring over a song about some of the pain, some of the... Yes. The emotion that I've experienced with this girl that fulfills me in a way no one else could. And that's how amazing marriage is. So, yeah, this summer was our fifth anniversary, and I've written her a number of songs. Congrats, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's, no it's awesome. And, and it's only getting better. So, uh, uh, during the summer was our fifth anniversary, and I wrote her a song um, that just sort of looking back over the years, these five years, and I was like man, I think I'm still falling in love with her. And and it's still this wonderful experience of, I think our relationship's improving. And I think it's getting better. And as we're doing things like youth group together and we're trying to like organize things together, it, it's just the experience of us growing together. And I think that's what this song was trying to capture is this... <laughs> This is the longest plug for a song I've ever heard in my life. My YouTube channel. I know. I love it. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. So yeah, sorry. It is just me ranting, but um, but you wanted to talk about dating in Carmel, and my goal in going to Carmel was to find a wife. Period. No, I'm not even kidding. No, Jesse, like a dog. Eat your heart out, Jesse. Holy. I understood. That Tom, as a man, needed a woman. And that, listen, I don't think it's some horrible thing to pursue. I think it's one of the greatest things a young man can pursue is to find yes, a girl and marry her. <laughs> is that such a radical idea? Yeah. Listen, Amen. they told me in Carmel in September, you shouldn't date because, you know, you shouldn't date. Listen. <laughs> I'm 17 years old, about to turn 18. You're not going to tell me. You're not going to tell me not to date a beautiful woman. Greg. <laughs> yes. That's insane. So October 25th, my birthday, was our first date. And... We sat with our hand. We held hands. It was the Carmel Coffee House. We held hands, and Doug, if you remember Doug, hey, Doug, tackled me <laughs> and embarrassed the heck out of me because I was holding the hand of a girl. But listen, as a young man, it is a great thing to pursue a woman and to marry her. This is something we need to encourage in our youth, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's good, very good. And there's nothing to be, you know, ashamed about. Listen, I went to Carmel. I found an amazing woman that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And I'm spending the rest of my life with her. Guess what? It's the greatest. <laughs> it is. It is. And I know it's not called to everyone. Everyone isn't called. And I'm just speaking from my experience. <laughs> That's all I have. And my experience is we've been da we dated for two years. We got married. We've been uh, married for five years. And... Throughout these seven years, I'm just continually falling in love with this girl. And that's what this song Whoa. captures. And so... <laughs> Cue song. Listen, if... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Play. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my plug for my song. <laughs> if you Whoa. need a plug. Uh. And, uh... 
<laughs> that was probably like 10 minutes, wasn't it? Oh, man. That was, that was gorgeous. So, Tom, if you could go back, your advice to people in Carmel is don't date, get married in yeah, Carmel. Bring that. Yes. <laughs> this is not a joke. Like, this is not a joke. Dating is horrible. What? Yes. Like, I am being what? so serious. Are you serious? Listen, you spend time with a girl, your friends, you get really you become really good friends. <laughs> and so you enter this world of quote unquote dating, which is. I think you put like an incredible emphasis on <laughs> dating as like a. Like. Oh, I'm so like. I don't even know. Yeah. Why is. Why, it's, it's why do you put like world. so much pressure it, it on dating exist. is why I. Like what I want to ask. Why is there right. so much pressure on dating? Uh. Why, why can't you chill out for like <laughs> one second while guy? dating? Dave's earliest memory was yeah. me jumping into a bush screaming video game slurs. Uh, yeah. I don't, okay. I'm an excitable guy. Listen, all the youth know this. But like, you're I'm also a like. mad man. But you're saying that dating is like, dating is hell. For it's everyone. on hot sand. But only for you because you're crazy. <laughs> And take that in the most loving way. No, I agree. I agree. I'm literally speaking from experience. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is a. This is like the listeners who didn't know like our friend circle and were like, "Ha ha, folk hero Tom." Like, you just understood what we're talking about. <laughs> this is this is 18 year old Tom, but like 18 year old Tom possibly had more angst yes. as he spoke. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so you just listened to the bonus episode with <laughs> Tom McPherson. That was him on Dating in Bible College. You can follow oh. him on his Twitter account. Check out his song, <laughs> folks. Oh, we should have talked about Kevin O'Leary. Oh. Oh. No, you guys have to listen. Okay, so the concern... <laughs> Sorry, should I end? Are we like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll save that one for part two. We'll save that one for part two. Sorry. This is way too much fun. You shouldn't have let me come. <laughs> oh, we have plans for you, Tom. Believe us. Thanks for sharing all that you did. Thank you, Brandon, for being a part of this as well. Yeah. Appreciate thank, your thoughts. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Took an awesome turn and glad you could be a part of the ride. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you, Brandon, for being so honest. And thanks, Tom, for randomly dropping by. <laughs> I was invited. <laughs> this was not random. We're going to stick with it. With yeah, yeah, it sounds better for us. Worst. I'm the perpetual third wheel because I'm a year older than <laughs> Awesome guys. Send your thoughts to the Designing Brethren podcast. At maybe you'll end up here. And maybe you'll end up here. Randomly. Next randomly <laughs> next to tom go to the facebook page for the podcast you will see tom's music it's really good thank you for listening everyone this is us ending whatever this has been i'm jackson o'brien david short i'm tanner hoffs brandon buttry and i'm tom mcpherson <laughs> tanner i am telling you i'm not asking i'm telling you you are not allowed to cut any of tom's dating <laughs>